0: hello and welcome to our fourth podcast and today i am absolutely amped to be here you guys will be shocked but today's topic is electrical energy (laughs) (laughs) so i'm joined with mrs batho and mr roberts hello everybody
1: how are you today
0: yeah really good Mrs. Batho is smiling from ear to ear. I think she's happy to be here. I always am. So tell me, why is knowing about electrical energy important?
1: That's a good question, Miss Camp. I'm not 100% sure. You know, when I woke up this morning, my rooster got me up at about 4am, dragged myself <laughs> out of bed. It was still dark, so I lit my kerosene lamp and uh, I needed something to eat, so I slowly walked over to my wood stove and I slowly got the coals getting hotter and hotter and hotter and then eventually I had to walk all the way down to the creek, of course, and get a bucket of water. That took about <laughs> an hour to get back. Uh, Sadly by the time I got back the coals had gone cold so I had to stoke the fire again with a set of hand bellows to get it really really hot and then eventually I heated up the water enough to slowly heat up some oats to make porridge. That got me to about 5 or or 6am I think it was Uh, and then I, I walked to work.
2: So as Mr Roberts has so beautifully pointed out, we need electricity for our busy paced modern lifestyles. Think about when you got up this morning. I don't know about you, but I got up, I brushed my teeth with an electric toothbrush. I started yeah, the, the kettle. electric
1: toothbrushes now? I've still been using a
2: piece of charcoal. Oh, my I thought you were going to say, a piece of wood. <laughs> <laughs> That's why your smile's so beautiful, Mr Roberts. You know, so what? <laughs> I got to nuke my quick oats in the microwave, didn't have to wait forever for my porridge, had a bit of toast, kettle for my coffee could actually turn on TV make sure the world is still here and we haven't blown up you know things like that it's pretty interesting but it's also very important to know about electricity because it can be very dangerous it can kill you and a lot of people need to know how to save electricity because we're not all billionaires like Trumpy over in the US.
0: What exactly is electricity then? You say that we need to know about it so what is it?
1: Well, actually, just using the word electricity by itself is not all that helpful because it's pretty vague. Um, when we talk about electrical energy in science, there's actually a few things that we need uh, and a few things that need to work together to actually make electrical energy useful for us. And there's, there's different names for each part. Uh, and if we don't have one of those components, the whole thing falls apart.
0: Okay, so what are these components?
1: Well, Miss Eichamp, I thought you'd never <laughs> ask.
0: Uh,
1: let's start off with the most important part, uh, and that's known as current uh, usually we use the word current to describe a whole bunch of electrons moving along in one direction, usually on a wire, but not always. Um, so for example, lightning is an example of current or, or a bunch of electrons, but this time they're moving through air rather than a wire. Uh, but of course, if the lightning hits a wire like a power line, the electrons will start moving through that. So I don't know if you've ever seen a photo of lightning hitting a power line and the power line glows red hot. Well, that's because the, uh, the electrons start to move through the wire. Uh, In fact, there was once a man, a guy named Roy Sullivan. Here's a true fact for you. He was a park ranger in America, and before he died in the 80s, he was actually hit by lightning seven different times, but he survived all of them.
0: Wow. That's insane. Seven different occasions, and he survived all of them. Absolutely. But it's not ordinary to survive a lightning strike.
1: Absolutely. Normally, (laughs) the average person survives less than one lightning strike.
0: Yeah, So, hopefully... As this podcast goes on, you can actually explain why that's the case because I'd like to know that. Saying that it's a bunch of electrons moving along in one direction, so that's, I'm guessing, where electricity comes from, electron, electricity, that beginning of the word, yeah? Yeah, exactly. So what exactly are electrons? Can you tell us about those? Sure. Well, most people
2: know that everything we touch, taste, see or smell is made up of tiny, tiny particles called atoms. But what some people don't realise is that you can break apart an atom into even smaller pieces. So when we picture an atom, in the middle we have a nucleus which is made of things called protons and neutrons. And then moving out from that, there's empty space. And zipping around this space are tiny, tiny things called electrons.
0: So, like planets orbiting a sun. So, you have the sun in the middle that would be like the nucleus and then you have all of the planets that rotate on a circular axis, a circular path around the sun, which is like the nucleus. Not
2: exactly like that, but that's a good way to picture it in your mind because electrons, how they work, they're buzzing around the nucleus and they can actually be ripped off. Miss Icamp, have you ever gone down the slide and then zapped someone? Yes. Well, that's because as you're moving down the slide, you're actually grabbing electrons from the slide and that's building up in you and then you can transfer those electrons to someone else and give them a zap.
0: And that little zap, so that little electrical spark like lightning is actually the electrons jumping off from person to person. That's a great (gasps) way to put it, Miss I Camp. And that's why your hair stands on end before you're about to get struck by lightning? Would that be because of the electrons?
1: Yeah, it's got to do with the electric field that's built up when a whole heap of electrons are in, in one area. They, they try to spread out, they try to get away from each other and so they'll either jump from you after you've gone down a slippery dip and try to touch someone else or if they build up by clouds rubbing past each other in the sky, then a huge zap of electrons or current will so jump down from the sky current. and hit people. That's exactly right, yeah. Now, when you go down a slide, it's actually only a really, really small current. Otherwise, obviously, every time you went to a slippery dip, slide down, you'd risk killing your friends. But, um, you know, that <laughs> you small want. amount of electrons is still a current. But you can have a large current, which which just means a lot of electrons moving along. So lightning is actually a fairly large current. That guy that survived those lightning strikes is unbelievably lucky that he managed to live through so many Um, But also the current that we get out of, um, you know, for example, the power points in your wall, that's generally a much larger, much, much larger current than you would experience after sliding down a slippery dip.
0: What are the other components of electrical energy that you're speaking of before?
1: Yeah, well, we've talked about current, um, but for current to be useful, it actually has to carry some energy. uh, And the energy that's carried by the electrons is called voltage. Uh, Sometimes it's also called electrical potential energy because while it's just being carried around the circuit by electrons, it hasn't actually done anything yet, but it does have the potential to be turned into other types of energy like light in a light bulb or heat in a heater. So you can have a high voltage, which just means that every single electron moving through the wire carries a lot of energy. Or you can have a low voltage, which doesn't have anything to do with the number of electrons, but it does mean that every single electron only carries a small amount of energy. So you can have high voltage, meaning lots of energy, and high current, meaning also a lot of electrons. Or you could have low voltage, not much energy per electron, and low current, which also means not many electrons, or any combination of that.
0: So if we have a high voltage, we always have a lot of energy? Well,
1: not exactly. I know that sounds a bit odd, but to help you get your head around it, I want you to imagine that you're in a car and you're at the train tracks, the boom gates goes down, and a coal train passes. So, I've got a question for you. Does a coal train with full coal trucks carry a lot of coal?
0: Mm, I don't know. Is that a trick question?
1: Yes, actually it is uh, because I haven't actually told you how many coal trucks there are. If, If there was only one coal truck, it wouldn't matter if it was full, you still wouldn't actually have a train carrying a lot of coal. Or on the other hand, if you had a train that had know a hundred coal trucks and even if they're only half full you'd imagine if you emptied them all out at the end of the day you would still have a lot more coal being transported from one spot to another than you would a short train with full trucks. Now that's helpful because I want you to imagine that the coal trucks are electrons and the coal is the voltage or, or the potential energy so a high voltage means full coal trucks a low voltage means nearly empty coal trucks But the key is to having not just a high voltage, but a high voltage and a high current. So you have lots of electrons moving along and then into each of those electrons, you add a lot of energy.
0: So this is a coal train that has a lot of trucks filled with coal. So that's high energy, high voltage, lots of electrons.
1: That's right. So high current because there's lots of coal trucks, lots of electrons, high voltage because they're all full. Or you could even have a high... Currents with a low voltage still carry a lot of energy because those coal trucks may only be half full, but there's a lot of them. Yeah, And so that means that even a small amount of electrical energy can be dangerous. If you've got a high enough current passing through your body instead of a wire, even if it's a very, very low voltage, you can be electrocuted and hurt or killed Because that huge amount of electrons moving through your body will damage your cells. It can play havoc on your heart signals. It can cause you severe burns and all sorts of other things.
0: So that's because the electricity that's going through, because we as humans conduct electricity and we have our nervous system that uses electrical impulses. So that's why our heart can get affected. And also because our cells are mostly water, the electricity kind of like boils our cells
1: It can do, yeah. Having electrical energy converted to heat energy inside the cells in your body is very, very bad.
0: So that's why it's so dangerous to be electrocuted.
1: Absolutely.
0: Oh, that poor guy that got struck by lightning seven times. I would I say know. he
1: was extremely lucky. My guess yeah. would be that each time, given that he was a park ranger, he would have been outside, mm. possibly uh, quite dirty, which means that there would have been just salt from his sweat on the outside of his body. And so when the rain started with the lightning, you're much more likely to conduct electricity through something like salt water than you are the cells in your body. So it's my guess, and I don't know this for sure, but it's my guess that the electrical energy would have gone around the outside of his body and into the ground <gasps> so through the sweat. The salty sweat, sweat. Through the salty yes. sweat. It created
0: like a little insulative
1: Precisely, layout. exactly. Uh-huh. So well, that's well, that's why, you know, if you're inside a house and the house gets struck by lightning, mm-hmm. generally you're fine. It hits the roof and it gets carried through a lightning conductor into the ground and you're harmless. Similar to that, except instead of a roof, it was his salty, sweaty skin. Although, don't try that one at home, guys, because I could be wrong. But that you said, you know, a high voltage with a really low current, that's what's going to give you that painful shock if you've ever accidentally grabbed an electric fence or anything like that. The reason why that doesn't actually kill you is because even though the voltage is quite high, so each electron carries a large amount of energy enough to shock you, it's a really low current. There's not enough current there, so at the end of the day, there's not enough energy to then seriously cause you trouble. Although that said, it's not worth the risk. Uh, Touching an electric fence is not a good way to find out that you've got an undisclosed heart condition.
0: Yeah, not worth the risk. Mm -hmm. So, right, the amount of current is the amount of electrons moving through the circuit, and the voltage is how much energy each electron carries. Exactly. So are there any other important factors then? Yes, because we need to be able to use and harness that
2: power. So, something that's very important is the resistance of the electrical circuit. So, when we talk about resistance, we're talking about how hard it is for the current to move through something. So, if wires have low resistance, that's because it's easy for the current to move through them. But we use high resistance, like the wires
0: inside of your toaster... So that's why they glow hot, because they're resisting that. So the electrons can't move as fast, so they're creating a lot of friction and heat. Is that why? Yeah,
1: Yeah. it's not so much about the speed. But, uh, you know, imagine if you're running through an open field and then all of a sudden you're trying to squeeze through a small gap in a fence. It forces you to slow down, you rub against the sides of the fence, you lose a bit of your energy, and then when you keep going, you don't have the same amount of energy that you had before you hit that small gap in the wall. Same sort of thing as electrons move through a wire with low resistance, it's really easy for them to move. They don't lose that energy that they're carrying. But as soon as they hit that high resistance, imagine if the uh, the train tracks, if we go back to our coal truck analogy, imagine if the train tracks all of a sudden were quite unstable, quite rickety, and it was difficult for the coal truck to pass through. As it starts to wobble and shake, the coal literally falls off the back of the train or the oh, energy so it's being is lost. being lost. Yeah.
2: So in the case of the toaster, it actually gets converted into light and heat, which we need to convert our toast from bread
0: to toast. And that's the same as a light bulb, yeah. So that that, like traditional incandescent light bulb has that wire. So that wire has a lot of resistance, which is why it gets converted into heat and light energies. And that's why when you like put your hand up to those old-fashioned light bulbs, like it gets so hot because that like energy – is being lost.
1: Absolutely, yeah. We use the term lost, and that's an okay thing to say, but really it's more correct to say being converted. The energy is not being lost. It's just being taken from that electrical energy and turned into heat and light, which is then spread throughout the room. And so as the electrons keep moving through the circuit, they don't have that voltage anymore. So if you manage to measure the amount of voltage or the potential energy that the electrons carried before they went through a light bulb and then you measured it after they went through the light bulb, of course, the energy that they're carrying has gone down. It hasn't just disappeared into thin air. Because it's been converted. It's been turned into light and heat. Exactly.
0: Ah, and I guess that makes sense with the law of conservation of energy, that it's neither made nor destroyed, just converted into one form.
1: That's exactly right.
0: Or another, yeah. Ah, okay.
1: Yeah, so I guess if you want to have a useful electric circuit, you need all three. You need to have current. To carry energy, you need to have voltage, which is the energy itself, and you need to have resistance, which will allow that circuit to convert that potential energy being carried around by the current into other forms of more useful energy.
0: So are they all linked together? Yeah, as a matter of fact, they
1: are. So, look, there's a a thing that we now call Ohm's Law, just named after Mr. Ohm, who came up with it first. It turns out that the amount of energy that the electrons will lose when they move through something that has a high resistance depends on the amount of current and the amount of resistance. So, usually, we write Ohm's Law as the voltage lost is just equal to the current multiplied by the resistance. Or, in other words... If you want to create a circuit that creates a whole lot of heat energy, you need to either have a really high current running through it, and so that's why sometimes wires will glow red hot if a circuit Mm -hmm. starts to overload, or a high resistance. And so that's why the wires in your toaster have a pretty high resistance as well. So they can convert a lot of voltage from electrical energy into heat energy without having to have a dangerous amount of current running through them.
0: It's just the resistance.
1: That's exactly right. The resistance multiplied by the current is equal to the voltage that's converted from. So it's a pretty
0: simple equation to work out because they're directly related to.
1: That's exactly right. It's just two things multiplied by the get multiplied together. Your voltage is equal to the current times the resistance.
2: So you're better off having a higher resistance than a higher current. Because high currents are more dangerous.
1: That's exactly right. Um, So power boards, uh, for example, um, you know, the double adapter power boards that we all plug in. A lot of the time, if you plug too many things into them and you try to get Mm -hmm. too much current to come out of the circuit, it will automatically switch itself off with a safety switch for exactly that reason. If you end up having too much current running through the wires... They'll get hot. They could potentially cause a fire because they'll melt the insulation, get hot enough to cause a fire. So to get around that whole thing, they just have an automatic cutoff switch. Uh, I would recommend never resetting the switch and holding (laughs) your finger in. That's how house fire has happened. But some people do try to do that to keep things running. Oh, my goodness. Um,
0: So when you see those (laughs) pictures of people that have got – heaps of them all plugged into each other like that is dangerous
1: that is a terrible idea unless you're trying to set your house on fire
0: no one wants
2: to be charged with arson
0: or they want to get their insurance claim to build a new house don't know um so interesting i just had that happen to me Really? Yeah. Like, House fire? No, the switch flipped. Oh ah. And I think, I don't know why it was because our heater turned off. So we've got an oil heater plugged into a power board and it turned off. Like it started and it went, started getting hot, the heater that is. Yep. And then I woke up in the morning and it was freezing colds in the room. And I was like, oh, why is this the case? Um, And I need to do some investigating, actually, because that sounds like it could be very dangerous. Could could be a a faulty
1: Mm. switch on the power board, too. Sometimes old power boards and cheap power boards, the uh, the safety switch goes off for no reason. In that case, it's probably just wisest to buy a new power board. But heaters do draw a lot of current. That's that's how they heat the room, is by getting that large current moving through the resistance in the oil heater. Heats up the oil, heats up the room.
0: So I... It was one of the power boards that didn't have the on-off switch, so I like to use the ones that you can actually like turn off each individual PowerPoint at the board.
1: They're often safer. Yeah,
0: Yeah. okay. That's good to know. Good to know. Life advice with Mr Roberts. Okay, so we're going to take a little break and we're going to have our brain break with Today I Learned. Okay, Mr Roberts, we're going to start with you this week. What have you learnt recently?
1: Well, actually, it's pretty similar to uh, what uh, Miss Batho was talking about earlier with the atom. So, um, talking about atoms and, you know, there's different parts of the atom. There's the nucleus, which is right in the centre. Uh, It's made up of protons and neutrons. And then there's electrons zipping around the outside. Um, You might have drawn a picture of an atom in class, maybe, and have a kind of a rough picture of what it looks like. But actually... The scale in the pictures that we draw in class are completely wrong because there just wouldn't be enough paper to actually draw a proper diagram. If you actually wanted to put things to scale, imagine that the nucleus, that centre tiny little bit of the atom, was about the size of a pea, if you were to put that in the middle of a racetrack, a horse racetrack, the electrons would probably be zipping around the outside or even further apart than that. Maybe if you imagined a big stadium, like where they play State of Origin, a P right in the middle of the stadium on the playing surface, and then the electrons would be right in the grandstand out in the outside zipping around.
0: What size would the electrons be in that analogy?
1: They would be too small to see. Really? Way too we're small to be Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. And in between the nucleus and those tiny microscopic electrons that even blown up to that size, you still couldn't see, is nothing. Absolutely nothing. Which means that if you imagine you, your body, being made up of bedillions of atoms all packed in together, actually most of what makes you up is Nothing.
0: Empty it's space. Empty space between the nucleus and the. Absolutely,
1: electrons. the vast, vast majority of your entire body is empty space. It's wow. not there. So next time someone says you've got an empty head, you can say, "Absolutely, you're right."
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I personally don't get the said that to me, but Pete, you've now got your comeback. <laughs> oh dear. Okay, so Mrs. Batho, what have
2: you learnt? Well, one thing that's been coming up on my social media lately is how much pollution has declined over the world because of all our restrictions to help with this pandemic we're living in. I actually heard an Australian example the other day.
0: Oh, yeah, what's that? Yeah,
2: I was listening to Dr Carl on Triple J. Good program if you want to get on it. Again, not sponsored. (laughs) But he was saying he went to a park in Sydney, and he hadn't been able to see the Blue Mountains from that park since he was a kid.
0: (gasps) Are you serious? Yep,
2: and he can now go to that park. He he didn't say – he just said a park. I'd say that's a privacy thing because it must be near his home. Mm. And he can now see the Blue Mountains again. So pollution is something that has also declined here in Australia.
0: I guess we always think that we – because, you know, we aren't China or India Mm. or all those places – and Sydney is a relatively small city in comparison mm. to other places in the world So and not as densely populated. So I guess we always feel like as Australians, we are removed from these problems, but alas, we are not.
2: That's right.
0: I have learned this week where Botox comes from. Ooh. So firstly, uh, I need to just clear this up that I also learned. So Botox are not fillers. So a lot of people that see the girls with the really, really big puffed up lips are like, oh, she's had too much Botox. The fish lips? Yeah. Mm. But that's not actually Botox. They've actually had like a cosmetic dermal filler injected into their lips. So
1: are you saying I've been putting the wrong things into my lips, Miss Ike? I
0: definitely think so, Mr. (laughs) Roberts. I thought I heard you quacking the other day. Oh, that makes so much sense. So, Botox that's injected into the skin is actually a nerve paralyzer, which is why you then can't move your face. So, and they
2: use them for things like migraines as well.
0: Yeah. So, uh, there, I know someone that gets them injected into their neck to stop with migraines. Um, and what that actually does is paralyzes or stops your muscles from moving. And what is most interesting that I learned is that that toxin comes from a bacteria. Oh. So... Yeah, we talked about bacteria. Yeah, a in our, useful bacteria. Yeah, in our previous podcast. So it is a, from the bacteria Clostridium botulinum, sorry, not um, proficient in Latin. Yeah, so they actually harvest this toxin and then they do whatever they need to do, inject it into your skin and that's what stops your muscles from moving because it's paralyzing the nerves. So yeah. the message doesn't go through. Wow. So there you go. It's so actually you're sort of poisoning yourself. Yeah. Or well, the upper dermal of you, layers mm. of your skin. Ay, ay, ay. All of this electrical talk, my head, it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, so you mentioned current earlier. There are different types of current, aren't there? Yeah, there's actually two,
2: AC and DC. Not the band though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> AC is alternating current electrons that move back and forth about 50 times a second. And then you've got DC, which is direct current. So that means the electrons move in a direct line and don't switch directions so our electricity grid including the power points on the wall all run with ac so moving back and forth where the batteries deliver a direct current dc
0: so when you say back and forth do you mean like a zigzag like it's zigzagging along it bumps
2: one along and then goes back and then bumps along and it moves along that way
0: oh so in a straight line but just bumping back and forth exactly okay cool
1: in fact, actually, um, you know, using AC or DC current, it depends on what you're, what you're using. So um, something simple like a light globe or a fan, it doesn't really matter whether you use AC or DC, but more complicated things like um, you know, phones and computers... Actually need DC for their circuits to be able to work properly. So even though we get AC uh, from our grid and you plug in your charger, AC enters your charger. Actually, one of the things that your charger does for your phone is converts the AC into DC uh, so that it's actually useful for the phone. Um, But we don't use DC in the power lines because it turns out that it's much more efficient to get AC from one point to another than it is to get DC, so from that's one why point they use another. it. Exactly.
0: Oh, this makes so much sense. It's
1: one of the reasons. Actually, there's a second reason. Uh, have you guys heard of a guy named Thomas Edison?
0: Sure have. Yeah. Yep. American so fellow. he's
1: he's famous uh, for, the light bulb? for the light bulb. Yep. I should say stealing the patent for a light bulb. He yes. didn't actually invent it.
0: That's why uh, I was very careful with my words because he didn't actually invent the light bulb. And everybody's like language is really important. No, he mm. didn't. Uh,
1: he was a he was a great businessman, but a terrible human being, uh, <laughs> and. George Westinghouse. Have you heard of Westinghouse Appliances? Yeah, bridges? I've got a
2: Westinghouse fridge. Yeah, that too, so that's
0: and oven
1: named cool. after a, another businessman named George Westinghouse. A long, long time ago, back when uh, you know scientists were still kind of developing a lot of the technology that we use today Uh, and this is in America, late 1800s, early 1900s, Um, George Westinghouse actually painted a system, a a system of generators, so the things that they used to actually create electrical energy or or turn heat energy into electrical energy, uh, that used AC current or produced AC current, whereas Thomas Edison had a bunch of uh, generators that he'd produced uh, that used DC current uh, and as you can imagine, you're sort of standing on the cusp of switching from people using kerosene lamps uh, and wood stoves to uh, and all of those sorts of things to starting to use electrical items mm. and obviously making a lot of money out of that. So there was actually a really intense trade battle between George Westinghouse and Thomas Edison. Because whoever's technology was adopted by the yeah. majority gonna the of people money. was going to get a huge amount of money. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So um, there was another scientist whose name was um, Nikola Tesla. Again, I was about to say it would be Tesla. Uh, a name that you might recognise. Very, very famous scientist. He actually uh, single-handedly invented a huge number of the electrical components that we use today.
0: The Tesla coil in exactly. motors. I know that yep. one. Yep.
1: He he invented a lot of things that had to do with motors. Uh, he um. <laughs> He originally worked for Thomas Edison, but Thomas Edison refused to pay him, so he jumped ship and ended up working for George Westinghouse. And uh, because of the devices that he invented uh, that turned out to be much more useful at the time uh, than the ones that Thomas Edison were using, that was one of the reasons why eventually people started adopting AC. So you never know, if Thomas Edison had actually paid his employees, we might all be getting DC out of the wall. But instead, uh, as the tide kind of changed and Edison was realising that more and more people were adopting AC current as their current Mm. of choice, and it was looking like he was going to start losing a lot of money, he did actually come up with an invention, an invention that he made himself. He didn't steal this one. Can you guess what it is?
0: The telephone?
1: No, that was Alexander Graham. Oh,
0: yes, I knew that.
1: He invented the electric chair.
0: Oh, oh, I actually (laughs) did know that. He
1: invented the electric chair, not to run on DC.
0: Was he the one, can I interrupt for a second? It was he the one that then electrocuted the elephant to prove that it was going to kill an elephant? Like it was that powerful?
1: Yes, yes. So he invented the electric chair and he designed it to run off his rival's AC current to mm-hmm. get the mm. association between electricity or AC, electricity and death in everyone's minds. Yep. And yes, he he electrocuted a whole heap of animals. Uh, people say he electrocuted an elephant, uh, but that was actually much later on. But it was, the, the elephant was electrocuted in public uh, using Aww. his AC uh, electric chair technology. Mm. But in the end, despite his... Uh, best efforts and the hundreds of animals that he electrocuted purely to get people scared of AC, scare tactics. we uh, we eventually adopted AC and uh, and that's mainly due to uh, Nikola Tesla's inventions.
0: Wow. So, mm. But it worked out better anyway because you just said that AC C's. is better for like... Along the power lines. Long getting, distance, yeah, that's long distance. right. Yeah, so
1: DC actually uh, heats up the wires a fair bit. So if you've ever felt your charger cable uh, after it's been plugged in and charging your phone for a while, you notice it's quite warm, mm-hmm. which means that a lot of the electrical energy is being converted into heat and so it's being wasted essentially. Uh, yeah. And if you can imagine that happening over hundreds of kilometres of electrical cables, you're losing an awful lot of money there. Um, yeah, wasted. Um, wasted, yeah. trying to get converted. the current from one place to another.
0: Wow, there you that go. is so interesting. Mm. I mean, I'd heard some of that stuff before, but with all the depth of knowledge that we're going into with electricity in this podcast, like it's now making sense Yeah, for me. for sure. Yeah. Wow. You hear bits and pieces, but
2: it's all getting linked together.
0: So how do electricity companies then work out how to charge us for the electricity we use?
1: Well, actually, I've got a special guest to help us with that one. Uh, I've got everybody's dad on the phone. <laughs> Turn up the light
0: Oh my god (laughs) I am never going to financially recover from this
1: Uh, Okay, that wasn't too helpful I guess we'll have to answer that ourselves
0: Well, do, tell us then. Well,
1: actually, it comes down to uh, understanding a concept called power. So, we often use the term power in different ways. Look, Some people use the word power to mean electrical energy, but actually, it has a really specific meaning. So, power is how much energy is converted from one type to another every second. Uh, So, for example, if a heater converts lots of electrical energy into heat energy every second it will use a lot of power. It'll heat up the room much faster as well, of course. Um, power is measured in watts uh, or kilowatts. So a 1,000 watts is, is one kilowatt, just like a 1,000 metres is one kilometre. So, you know, a heater with a large power rating uh, would have, say, 2,000 watts or two kilowatts. And actually, you can, you can read that on most appliances. They'll tell you how many watts or how many kilowatts something uses. Oh, used.
0: so that's why when you... Like, we just got a new air conditioner put in and it was like an eight kilowatt heater... So that means that it uses more electricity than, say, a 2-kilowatt heater?
1: Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Specifically, uh, an 8-kilowatt an or an 8,000-watt heater will convert 8,000 joules of energy from electrical energy into other types of energy mm. every second. Um, so electrical energy companies will, will use the power rating of an appliance – and then they'll multiply it by the number of hours it's used for and they'll work use that to work out how much to charge you. So, for example, I, uh, I had a look at my electricity bill this morning uh, and after a mild heart attack, I <laughs> located exactly how much I'm being charged. Uh, and electricity companies will actually charge you more at certain points of the day called mm. peak periods than they will at other times of the day. Uh, and it's actually a fair bit more. So, during peak periods, which is usually... In the evening, when everybody gets home from work and from school, they switch on the lights, they switch on the TV, the dishwasher goes on. When there's a huge amount of electricity being used...
0: And this is like draining the grid, which that's is why it's right. peak yeah. hour because it yeah. puts a lot of stress on the grid.
1: Precisely. The mm-hmm. electricity companies will actually charge you more to discourage you from using electricity then, if possible, so they don't actually have to produce as much electricity, Which which means it makes sense to, if you can, run your dishwasher in the middle of the day. Um, Not everyone can do that, obviously, but if you can use some of your appliances when everybody else is not using their appliances, it actually saves you a bit of money. Um, But it turns out that the electricity company charges me 30.5 cents per kilowatt hour, uh, which means it costs me 30.5 cents to run a one kilowatt appliance for one hour. And so you know if the if the heater is two kilowatts, obviously it's going to cost twice that much, and so seven so on. And so on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so uh, for example, your eight kilowatt heater that you had installed, uh, that's going to cost eight times or eight times thirty point five cents per hour to run. Obviously, if you run it for less than an hour, it's not going to cost you that full amount, Um, but that's how we work it out. So
0: I'm going to actually work this out for the readers.
1: Please do. Whilst you've busted out the calculator, here's one that I worked out earlier. A lot of uh, bright light bulbs are about 100 watts, uh, so it costs about three and a half cents per hour to run a 100-watt light bulb. That's during peak hour. So
0: So for me to have that heater that we just installed at... Going for an hour at on that pricing, it costs $2.44 for an hour. Yeah,
1: and look, that doesn't sound like a lot. Um, and of course, if you don't have it running at its full capacity, it probably won't use that much energy. But that's probably a helpful way to think about it. Um, but don't forget, usually you don't just have one appliance on. So you have lots of appliances on all the time, 24 hours a day. Your TV is probably never fully switched off. It's still on standby mode. And even though it's not using its full amount of energy, it's still using some. And that's just running day and night all the time. Got that little
2: red light going. That's exactly right. The clock on your microwave and your oven.
1: Your fridge is constantly running, uh, you know, and a lot of people will leave heaters on overnight because it's cold at the moment. So, uh, you know... Running a two kilowatt heater for four hours every night will cost you about $220 uh, over the course of a three-month winter, or, you know, let's multiply that by four for your eight kilowatt heater. Um, Obviously, that's going to cost you about $880 if you run it four hours a night over the course of a three-month winter.
0: Buy a lot of coffees for that. Yeah, holy hell. Well, luckily, we got solar panels now, and... We only ever have it running during the day, so we only we have it set to timer, so it only turns on when the sunlight's on. Mm. So early in the morning, it only comes on after sunrise. Yeah,
1: there's a there's actually a light at a fire station in America that was switched on in 1901, and it hasn't been switched off ever since. So it's been running for you know nearly 120 years now. It's a 60 watt globe. Uh, And so if they're also being charged at $0.30 per kilowatt hour, I don't know if they are, but if they are, so far, since it was first switched on, it's cost them (gasps) $625,464. Holy hell.
0: So
1: no wonder everybody's dad yells at them to turn off the light. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know well, it's lo- such
0: a simple way to save money, like if you leave the room, switch off the light, because mm. over a period of time that is all adding up onto your electricity bill.
1: That's exactly right. Um, although don't stop there because light bulbs are actually much cheaper to run today than they used to be. It's rare to find a sixty watt or a hundred watt light globes mm. because there's more energy efficient globes everywhere. It might only be a, a fifteen watt globe that gives out the same amount of light. Um, but what a lot of people don't think is, well, they leave their computer on when they're mm. not home all day, every day. Yeah. And computers can be a kilowatt or two kilowatts. They leave the heaters on when they go to sleep overnight rather than using extra dunas. Um, You know, leave the fridge door open for too long and then the fridge has to boost up how much power it's using to cool down the inside of the fridge. All sorts of things like this. They leave hot the Hot water on, systems. Hot water systems. There are huge, huge ways that we waste waste electricity. I mean, everybody thinks of the light glow and it is fair enough to turn the light off. It's a really easy thing to do, but I can guarantee that the most of the energy costs in my house have got nothing to do with the lights that I live on. Yeah. It's got to do with my fridge, my TV, my aircon, those things. So that's actually what I need to be thinking about if I want to reduce my power bill.
0: And I mean, a simple things like just setting your dishwasher timer so that it turns on during the day, like while you're at work.
1: Mm. Or the washing machine, exactly. Yeah.
0: Uh, you know, um,
1: I mentioned that light bulbs are much cheaper to run. Uh, it's, and I talked about them being energy efficient. Um, it's actually an important point to think about because you can't get energy for nothing. We talked about this earlier. Energy all has to come from somewhere. Uh, but th- the trick is modern light bulbs and modern appliances, they give off more light for the same amount of electrical energy input than old light bulbs, simply because old light bulbs actually converted most of the electrical energy into heat, which is useless um, rather than light. Energy wasted. Exactly. So um, the modern light bulbs, they work a slightly different way. They don't heat up a filament and you end up using less energy, but getting the same amount of light.
0: Okay, so basically what you're saying is it's in everyone's best interest to turn off your light bulbs, all that kind of stuff, but also try looking at different ways of saving electricity because it also means that you're saving money, but you're also saving the planet.
1: You could put it like that, Miss
0: Arkham. Okay, everybody, it's time to go home. <laughs>